welcome to Fuel Training. In this podcast, we hear from Gail Adcock, family pastor at Stopsley Baptist Church, sharing on real faith for real children. Excellent. Hello. Have you had a good session? Excellent. We're right in the thick of it now, aren't we? Um, So I'm going to talk about real faith for real children this evening, uh, which on the program is called Discipling Children. And uh, so people are probably very confused, but they are one and the same. So uh, that is uh, how it is. A couple more people just wanted in. Hello. Come in. My name is uh, Gail Adcock and I am family pastor over at Stopsley Baptist Church in Luton Um, and I live though in Hitchin which is kind of a bit of a dilemma for me and uh, instead of telling you lots and lots about myself because time is short uh, this is me in a tweet just to tell you very briefly a little bit about myself so I am a wife to Matt I'm mum to Luke and James I'm a pastor, I'm a cook, I'm a bookworm a Zumbaist, I don't know how you describe someone who does Zumba I, I call myself a Zumbaist Hot Cross Bun Eater, Silver Linings, Movie Watcher, Street Party Planner those are the highlights of my life to tell you I'm going to begin by confessing something. I think it's always good to kind of get stuff off your chest, isn't it, when you're speaking to people. And uh, my confession to you is that I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. Does anybody else, have you even heard of Grey's Anatomy? You have, excellent. And uh, last year for my birthday, uh, I was given a box set. Come in, come in. We've literally just started. Find a seat. There's a couple of seats down here if you want to come and... <laughs> no, no one likes the front row. Nobody likes the front row. So I'm literally just introducing myself so you have not missed anything significant. Okay. Um, I am a massive Grey's Anatomy fan. And last birthday I was given a box set of the first seven seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I was over the moon because I absolutely love it. And I lost track somewhere in the middle of, I think, season five. And so I've been steadily, since last June, been working through my box sets and really enjoying those DVDs. Um, My son did work out how many hours of my life I've spent watching Grey's Anatomy and I didn't like that number. Uh, But there's a character in Grey's called Arizona Robbins, which if you watch it you will have heard of her. Uh, This lady down here. And uh, Arizona refers to children in her job as a paediatrician caring for sick children she refers to them as tiny humans and I really like that phrase and uh, she talks a lot about the tiny humans that she cares for and I think it's helpful for us when we're working and uh, kind of discipling children to remember that they are human beings and sometimes it's, uh, it can be easy to imagine that perhaps they are a different species to us, they display things which do not seem to be uh, like us as adults and so we begin to think that actually they must come from a different planet, that they're so different they can't possibly belong to the same species but they do they are tiny humans and it's really good for us to remember that 
So as they grow up, they uh, become adults like us, and uh, they hopefully just become wise like us as well. And so in terms of faith, children are on the same journey that we are on as grown-ups. They're setting out on their faith adventures, getting to know God, the world he created, and uh, how he relates to us. And so the starting point for what I want to say is that in the same way that we as adults are searching for meaning in the world, children are on that same journey of wanting to understand what life is about. And they want to um, explore things. They want to learn about the world around them. And for us, as uh, children's workers, perhaps as youth workers as well, and also as parents, we have a responsibility to help children on that road as they embark upon their quest to find faith for themselves. And we need to join those tiny humans as they are setting out and doing that. So I'm going to talk about a few ways in which we might be able to do that. I could potentially have come and given you a uh, framework and just said, look, if you follow this, if you do steps one, two, three, four, by the end of it, you'll have some really mature Christians. And yet I know in my experience that does not work. So I'm going to just give you some uh, direction sort of pointers, really, some perhaps some attitudes and some ways of life in which I think if we uh, embark upon doing those things with children, will help them to grow in faith to learn more about Jesus. So the first one that I want to uh, mention is about relationship and the importance of establishing really good relationship. And this is the best place to start. We need to know our children and we need to nurture in them a sense of belonging. And that's within the smaller context of family, but it's also in the wider context of church community as well. Lawrence Richards advocates active belonging or participation that children can be guided in. He says, for positive spiritual nurture to happen, children must be allowed to participate in the activities and rituals of the faith community. They cannot be shunted off while the adults do the real business of faith. And his comments have really struck a chord with me because I think actually sometimes we can treat children in that way. And we think as grown-ups we're doing the real meaty sort of stuff and children actually you go and have some fun because you're still young and you can. And that's not the way it should be. We need to take it seriously. Children need to be part of our community. And we need to be intentional in what we do with them to build that relationship. Ivy Beckwith believes that the sole care of children is an awesome responsibility, one that every parent and participant of a community of faith needs to take seriously. So we need to work at getting to know our children. If we're seeing them on a weekly basis, we need to ask them, what have you been up to this week? What's happened during your week? What are the highlights of that? I had a great time. I used to work with a group of uh, four and five-year-olds. And at the beginning of the year, they arrived in that group out of our early years, our sort of toddler uh, Sunday school group. They used to arrive thinking, oh, why can't we just run around and do what we want to still? And we used to sit down and talk. And by the end of that time, I knew those children really well. And uh, they would come in, it would be very difficult actually to get them to be quiet and listen to any kind of story or do anything together because they just wanted to share news all the time. Okay. Oops, what did I do there? Oh, fail. Let's move on. Right. So that's what uh, Richard had to say. 
Matthew Beckwith uh, goes on to say this, that faith is not something that develops in a vacuum. In other words, faith only matures when it is exposed to the spiritual hothouse of a biblical covenant community. And she's underlining the importance of us as adults joining children as they grow in faith, as they are learning about Jesus and as they are building relationship with God. And so within a church environment, both within the groups that we run, but also within the other things which perhaps are often more informal, children will be learning about who God is because of the time that they spend with us. My second point is about the need to dwell. Children need to see us as adults living out our faith. We need to be working that out on a daily basis and they need to see how we do that. They need to hear our prayers. They need to see how we wrestle with God's word. They need to um, understand what it means to walk with God day by day and the challenge that that often brings us. Children will have their eyes upon what we say and what we do. And especially in terms of how they see us uh, working out Christian faith, they will see and take on board uh, what we do. That will make a huge impact on them. And that includes how we live out our values. Now if you're seeing children, say on a once a week basis, perhaps that's not going to be quite so key. But as parents, that is something that we can really invest time and energy in. We need to show them how do we love others? How do we display mercy? How do we address issues of justice? But also how do we cope when we're struggling with things? Uh, what do we do in those times? How do we trust God? How do we deal with, uh, say, when we make mistakes as well? What do we do then? Children need to see us modelling kingdom values and be able to recognise how faith develops. And that's powerful teaching for children. Not that we seek to be perfect, that we, but that we create an environment in which we show them how we manage life. Uh, I once came home uh, when my sons were little and I discovered that we'd had a flood at home. And I'd been out, I had a really lovely day, really enjoyed ourselves, very relaxed, looking forward to coming home to a nice warm house and found water everywhere. And it was really distressing and I could not hide how distressed and annoyed and frustrated I was. And yet I was really keen that my children didn't sort of pick up on that too much. And I just said, boys, do you know what? All I can think of to do at this moment in time is to just stop and pray. I don't know what else, because I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. And we stopped. They were quite young, but they prayed. They said, God, can you help us give our mum some peace? And uh, we spent a few moments praying. And afterwards, I felt calmer. I felt more able to deal with the situation as it presented. And for my children, I hope it showed that actually even in those moments that we can go to God and we can deal with things even when perhaps uh, all of our other characteristics might be taking over and uh, pulling us in other directions. Now part of this idea of dwelling, how we as adults dwell and live with God and model faith, is uh, considering really how do we read God's word and how do we pray. We want to encourage children in that. And it will look different depending on the church that we're in or the group that we work with. And... uh, one size is never really going to fit all. Um, I, uh, there's a lady which, who some of you may have heard of called uh, Rachel Turner. And Rachel teaches a, a style of prayer called chat and catch. And she makes prayer very accessible for children. And she just says, sit down, be still, uh, chat uh, to God. A prayer is not a mysterious thing. Just chat to him. And then we're quiet and then we listen. And we think, what is God saying to us? 
actually God does show up and God does say things to children. Sometimes he gives them pictures, he gives them words and uh, children are really open to that supernatural sense of who God is and it's just about having the opportunity to sit and listen and uh, hear from him. So uh, yeah, she really advocates that chat and catch approach because we're trying to catch from God and hear what he's got to say. In our house, we have a daily prayer time, but as our kids are getting older and becoming teenagers, we're recognising that actually it's not quite so easy to do it in the same way that we used to do it. So we're thinking at the moment about how that might change into the future. Right, the next one, we've had relationships, we've talked about dwelling with God, and now we're going to talk about story and the importance of us sharing our faith stories. Because we need to understand the importance of collectively remembering. And the Bible is a story of God's uh, journey with his people and the beginning, and that journey continues with us today. And we need to feel that we are part of that, and we need to help children to continue to remember how God has blessed us, how God has been with us, how he's accompanied us in our life and the things that we have experienced. And whilst we do that, whilst we share those kind of stories about how God practices in small ways but also in big ways, perhaps through our testimonies, we give children language and vocabulary to talk about faith. Children, uh, and actually us as adults often, we don't possess religious language. We think we need to use long words and uh, we need to be some sort of biblical scholar or even better, some sort of theologian. And then we'll really be able to get down to the nuts and bolts of what we believe. But actually with children, those things may not necessarily be helpful but we need to find ways to talk about our experience of God how we understand, how we uh, live our faith and believe and trust in him and children over time will understand that and start to do it for themselves as well For the church, that means that we need to communicate regularly with parents. We need to tell them about what we're doing in our groups and in our classes so that parents can use that and take it away and talk to their children at home later on. Ivy Beckwith believes that stories are essential to the spiritual formation of children. She says it should come as no surprise that stories, God's, our own, those of others and our institutions play an important role in forming us to be people passionate for God, living in the way of Jesus. Number four is about inquiring. Children are naturally curious beings. They're fascinated by the smallest things quite often, and that's very much part of their nature. It's part of the joy of working with them often, that they are so curious about the world around them. Children are on a quest for meaning. They want to understand. They will ask questions, and sometimes they ask way too many questions, and we say, that's enough. You've used up your quota for today. But that's just part and parcel of who they are. They want to try and connect some of the things which seem to be small details of everyday life into the bigger picture of them, trying to understand what's happening around them and to make sense of all of that. When my uh, youngest son was at infant school, we quite often uh, used to get into quite heavy discussions on the way when we walked there. And I never quite understood why this happened, but he seemed to just kind of, we had that 
time together. It was just him and me for 10 minutes. And uh, on one particular occasion, I know that we had quite a lengthy chat about death and what happened to people when they died and about heaven. And I'm thinking, it's half past eight in the morning. I need to empty the dishwasher when I get home. And yet these were the things that were on his mind. So he talked about it on the way to school. We got to school, took his packed lunch in, hung up his coat. He went into class. He just carried on with the rest of his day. But he had questions about life. And at that moment in time, we had a chance to talk about it. So I'd recommend that you sort of use those opportunities. If children are asking those questions, then make the most of it. Have a discussion. And don't be afraid to say, actually, do you know what? I don't know what happens. This is what I think, probably. This is what I understand here and now. But that might change. And we want to join children and wrestle with those things and inquire as well. Because that's the nature of faith. Faith does not remain static. It shifts and changes. Um, inquiring also helps children to become good decision makers because as they're being sort of uh, asking questions, as they're thinking about belief and uh, faith, they then take that information and apply it to new situations which helps them work out, okay, what am I going to do here? What choices do I have? How am I going to respond to the situation that I'm in? And then finally, we're going to talk about wonder. Because we want to encourage in our children a sense of wonder. And as we disciple them, we want them to be uh, curious about the world around them. And it's often one of the first places that children identify God. Because they have that sense of wonder about the world. And they see things. They might spot a uh, tiny ladybird. And they'll be fascinated by what the ladybird's doing. Or they might have gone on a walk. And they're at the top of a hill. And they're looking around across the valley and the sky. And thinking, wow, God made this. It's amazing. And they'll want to uh, take all of that in. And try to understand what's happening. There was last October. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, a guy called Felix Baumgartner uh, did a leap from a helium balloon. I don't know if you recall seeing that perhaps on the news. This man who just does these things because he uh, obviously gets a thrill from doing them, uh, he uh, leapt from a helium balloon up in the stratosphere and uh, he set the three records apparently. He free fell for nearly four minutes from what I read uh, before his parachute opened and then he sort of landed and I remember seeing him land he just sort of skipped along the ground he landed on his feet having travelled thousands and thousands and broken the, the sound barrier on his way down it was quite astonishing and I watched that with my Poison TV and uh, we said how amazing to be stood there on the edge of that balloon looking down on the planet how much does that kind of give you a sense of uh, us and God's incredibleness of what he's created and actually sort of fall down. How much do you recognise and have a sense of wonder of who God is in that situation? And we had a great chat that evening just around the table uh, about his experience and recognising that none of us would ever want to do anything like that. Um, are another really fantastic tool that we can use with children. We can go out, we can explore the natural world, we can go on walks and we can uh, actually physically give children the experience of touching and feeling and looking and smelling things. Uh, but we can also use books and uh, book 
books, often children can be lost in them. And uh, Brendan Hyde talks about this in his book about children's spirituality, about children's felt sense. And children can get lost, and uh, time sort of slips by because they're so engrossed in what they're doing. And uh, books can be a brilliant way uh, of doing that. And uh, we, in our house, had lots of sort of Dawling Kindersley books, which often have those real pictures inside, and you can sort of open up a, a double page, and uh, there's lots of great things to just look at and wonder at and ask questions about, wow, that's just amazing and extraordinary. And reflect on the fact that God is creator. He made things and uh, brought life into being and uh, how extraordinary that we get to be a part of that. Uh, there's a really great book that I want to recommend to you called Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing by Sally Lloyd-Jones. And uh, I'm going to uh, close with a short passage from this book. And uh, it's written to inspire and awaken our sense of wonder. And I thought it would be good for us, just here and now on a Tuesday night, to close our eyes and for a moment or two be lost in wonder at who God is. So I'm just going to read from her book. Sally Lloyd-Jones. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. Dance. In the beginning, God sang everything into being for the joy of it and set the whole universe dancing. God was in the centre, at the heart of everything. Like the dance of the planets before the sun, turning, spinning, circling, wheeling, revolving, orbiting around and around. God made everything in his world and in his universe and in his children's hearts to centre around him in a wonderful dance of joy. It's a dance you were born for. Dance. The morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Amen. Sally's book contains uh, a whole lot of devotions along similar lines that you can read with groups of children. You can also uh, use at home with your own children as well. Okay, so that's it. I've been given a nod from the back of the room. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, there are a few resources here. I've also got a sheet with these printed on, some stuff that I would recommend to you. And um, if you like this conversation really about children, discipleship, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or you can get in touch with me at work. My contact details are on the sheet as well. I'm also a big fan of family ministry and uh, that's another conversation that uh, I would love to have if anyone is interested in that sort of thing. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Fuel Training Podcast. The next event is happening on Tuesday the 24th of September 2013. More details to follow.